Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to episode 555. I'm Bill. This is Nintendo Switchcraft. We're going to talk about the Nintendo news of the day, which there is some. Um, We've got two or three things to talk about. Number one, I want to say uh, thank you to um, No Gravity Games for providing me a code of their game, Creepy Tale, on Nintendo Switch to give away the winner was I fight dragons 21 on Twitter. I already sent them the code, so congrats to them. Um, here on my Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash runjumpstuff, we just finished watching the Nintendo uh, Paper Mario announcement and their Way Forward announcement as well, and we'll talk about that a little bit. And then at the end of the show, I have... Um, a pre-recorded thing that I'll, I'll put in after the fact, uh, which is my first impressions of Temple of Time on the Nintendo Switch. Uh, so if that stuff sounds good to you, then make sure that you tell your friends to subscribe to Nintendo Switchcraft. You can uh, subscribe to it wherever podcasts are downloaded. And uh, if you like this show, then check out my other shows over at runjumpstomp.com. Let's get started. So my brain wants to call what we just watched a Nintendo Direct, even though it is very, very different than a Nintendo Direct. Is this what Nintendo is going to do in the future? And I would say I really, really hope not. I really hope that they don't continue to do this in the future. How is it different than a Nintendo Direct? Well, a Nintendo Direct is pre-recorded. Everything's pre-recorded and super polished and super professional, and it looks really, really good. This was uh, what they call a Treehouse Live, and it's perfectly fine that they want to do this as long as it doesn't replace the Nintendo Direct. Now, we know because Mr. Furukawa recently said that they were thinking about how they want to tackle things in the future. But this looked like uh, very low production quality, and th- and that's perfectly fine. I know that the people who are doing this, it is not their job to have super high production quality like you would see on, I mean, I don't want to toot my own horn, but you know my Twitch streams and stuff like that, I feel like I have pretty good production quality. That's not what the people who work at Treehouse, that's not their job. Like, they don't do that for a living. Of course, I don't do that for a living either, but they don't try to do that for a living. They do other stuff for a living, and then they're also asked to do this kind of thing. So anybody who is really, like, saying, oh, man, it was like the the production quality was so bad, uh, I think that that's because that's not what they do. That's perfectly acceptable. What I will say 
is that the production quality of Nintendo Directs is top-notch, which is why this feels so bad by comparison, if that makes sense. Um, you know, you get Mr. Koizumi out there snapping his fingers with that cool uh, red and white background and the moving stuff. Like, all that stuff looks fantastic. And where, you know, he's up in front of the green screen and showing stuff off. It's highly edited and polished and looks fantastic. And clearly, a large number of people work really, really hard to make that thing happen. Whereas this just seemed like a few people were were doing it in their you know in their in their spare room and that's fine but i just i hope that this doesn't replace the nintendo direct in fact i would prefer if nintendo never did another live thing again i feel like they do such a great job with nintendo direct and anytime that they do anything live it just kind of falls apart and i'm going to give you the perfect example would be when they did uh, their January 20,000 or 20,000, 2017 announcement of the Nintendo Switch. That's when they came up with the price and all that stuff. They had people up on a stage. Mr. Koizumi came out wearing the that red hat. He, then they showed him shaking the Joy-Con around like that. That kind of went off the rails, especially when uh, I think like Suda51 came out to talk about uh, the next Travis Touchdown game and the translator couldn't figure out what he was saying and there was points where the translator was like uh i'm not sure like that kind of thing happens when nintendo does live stuff there was a moment between the super mario stuff the paper mario stuff and the way forward stuff where everybody was sitting around waiting for i don't know it felt like an eternity it felt like a really long time that kind of thing doesn't happen when you just record a video and edit it ahead of time and I think that Nintendo would be better off to go back to the Nintendo Direct format and stay away from the Treehouse Live format. And I'm not putting any blame on any of the people who are involved in this particular thing. I just don't think it's as good as a Nintendo Direct. That's my opinion. Anyway, the first thing that they showed off was Paper Mario, the Origami King, comes out next Friday, 60 bucks on the Nintendo Switch. And I have to say... I was I was mildly excited about this game going into this Treehouse Live event. After watching, I'm going to say probably a half an hour, I'm guessing, maybe chat can correct me, uh, probably about half an hour of footage of that game, I don't care. I am not going to buy this game. I'm not interested in buying this game. It just looked boring to me. I was bored. I was bored watching this. What I will say is that the, it looks like, even though for me it's not something that I'm interested in, I can see that it is a very highly polished game. I can see that the visuals are top-notch. I can see that the uh, combat might actually be really, really fun. But the moment-to-moment stuff that that I watched while I was um, looking at this Treehouse Live thing, I was bored. And I found myself hoping that they would wrap up and talk about anything else. After watching this, I am way less interested in Paper Mario and the Origami King. And that's perfectly fine. 
you know, there were people in chat that were like, I'm super excited about it. And that's perfectly fine, too. Not every game on the Nintendo Switch has to be a game that is for me. And that's totally cool. Uh, so next Friday, when this game comes out, I'm going to take a hard pass. I'm not interested. Um, let me talk about some of the things that they showed in the game. As you go around, there, there was a Lego-ness to it, which I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of the Lego games either. Um, in the Lego games, you kind of walk around and you smash things to get Lego bits, and then you build things with those Lego bits. And there was, there was something happening in uh, Paper Mario that reminded me of that, and that was the confetti. So basically Mario goes up to like an object and he hits it with his hammer or something and it breaks into little pieces of paper, which then Mario walks around and picks up and it goes into like this little bag that he carries uh, up in like the top left part of the screen. And then as you're walking around, there are these big holes in the landscape and you can push some button to dump the confetti everywhere and that fills in the hole and then you get coins out of it. Now, what do you use coins for? Well, from what I understand, and they didn't show this off in the game, but from what I understand, you use coins for a couple things. One would be upgrading things, like buying new equipment and things like that. What they did show in the game is that you can then use the coins in order to make combat a little a little bit easier. So if you watch the combat before, like they showed the that ring system trailer, if you watch the combat before, what we've seen in the past is that there's a timer. And I've commented that I'm not really a fan of the idea of the game having a timer in the combat. Well, you can pay coins in order to um, in order to extend that timer. You can pay coins in order to summon a bunch of toads to your aid to help you defeat the enemies uh, that you are up against. So there's kind of a risk-reward system with the coins, and that encourages you to do more exploration in order to uncover the coins so that you can use them in battle, if that makes sense. Uh, they, they then ended up going to a spot where they uh, showed off uh, a fight against a boss, and um, when you're fighting regular enemies, Mario is in the middle, and you are using the ring system in order to line up your enemies to most effectively dispatch them in the fewest number of moves when you're fighting a boss the boss is in the middle and you're mo you're moving the ring system in order to give mario a path to get to the boss so that he can hit them before he gets kicked back out and then you have to redo the ring system and i do think that that looks really cool and i think that there'll be a lot of clever puzzles in it but overall the gameplay that it showed looked so very, very boring and dull. But if you thought it looked cool, feel free to tell me why I'm wrong. I'm at Run Jump Stomp on Twitter. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now, after after the, the, the Super Paper Mario stuff, I was in for more disappointment. And that was, there was a way forward game that was on its way. And it was, we all knew ahead of time, like Nintendo did a good thing trying, trying their damnedest to manage expectations by saying, by the way, the game that way forward is working on is not an, or is a third party title. So we knew ahead of time, if we saw that tweet, which most people didn't because it was a secondary tweet, um, we knew that it wasn't going to be like a Metroid or anything like that. However, what they showed was Bakugan. Now, in chat, myself and others were all like, what the hell is Bakugan? Uh, I guess it's a TV show and a toy line that was popular like 10 years ago. And, you know, somebody I'm sure is typing furiously right now, Bill, it's still popular today. That's great. I'd never heard of it. Um, you know, my son likes Pokemon. Uh, he liked watching Digimon. Um, he liked playing with those weird things with like a, you pull the zip tie out and they, they bounce around in a little, in a little ring, Beyblade. He liked playing with the Beyblade stuff. I don't think I ever heard him talk about Bakugan. I don't think I ever saw him watching Bakugan. Uh, so I don't know anything about it. What I saw was so incredibly disappointing. And, you know, if you're listening to this and, and this bothers you, then feel free to let me know. But I shut it off halfway through. It was just so dreary and lukewarm and not made well from what I saw. Like the characters didn't even feel like they were like the, the, the guy was controlling a character that's running around in the world. Right. And the character felt like they were floating above the world instead of actually being in contact with the ground. Like the animation just felt really, really weak. And I, you know, just looking at it, I was just like, okay, and then they showed some combat, which if you don't know what Bakugan is, like me, from what I understand from watching this video, it, which I shut off, it's, it may still be going. Uh, but what, from what I understand, you, you have like giant monsters that fight for you. Kind of like, it's like a Pokemon clone kind of game. And um, the monsters didn't look all that good. The graphics, and I'm not, listen, people will tell you I'm not a graphics snob. The graphics looked really bad in my opinion. And I don't mind that Nintendo is working with WayForward to make this exclusive for Nintendo Switch. That's perfectly fine. But for Nintendo to tweet out, hey, here's this cool thing that's happening and have it be this, I think was a big mistake. Not because I don't want this game to be on the Nintendo Switch, 
but because people's expectations are when Nintendo is going to talk about something, it must be something pretty damn cool. And it just, in my opinion, wasn't. Which is why about halfway through, I told everybody who was watching me on the Twitch channel, I sent a link to the official channel and I said, you guys can go watch it if you want, but I'm done. I can't watch anymore. It was just so boring and it was making me sleepy. And I wanted to record the show. So listen, I think the Bakugan thing was a misstep by Nintendo. Not because I don't want them to make this game, but because they shouldn't have hyped about it. If, and if they were going to, they should have just said, and by the way, we're going to show you Super, Super or uh, Paper Mario Origami King, and then afterwards, we're going to show you a new Bakugan game from way forward. That would have completely changed how I reacted to this. And I've talked about this before, where, you know, when, when uh, somebody like Nintendo isn't transparent and doesn't... Uh, you know, they, they they don't give out enough information. People start to come up with their own information. And then we're disappointed when the thing that we came up with isn't the thing. And as much as I personally managed my expectations, somehow Nintendo failed to even meet those expectations. And I think I'm pretty good at managing expectations of on my part. My thoughts after having played Tower of Time on the Nintendo Switch. Now, to be fully transparent, I did not finish this game. Uh, not even close. Um, but I did play it on PC previously, and I really, really did enjoy it on PC. And when I found out that it was coming to the Nintendo Switch, I said to myself, Self, you need to try and check this out and see how it translates to the, the portable screen. And I have to say, overall, it did a really good job uh, with that translation from mouse and keyboard controls to controller controls, from the big screen to the small screen. Uh, but before we get started on that, I do want to say that uh, this is not a full review because I still have a lot to do in the game. Let's get started with the storyline. Uh, according to the Internet Games Database, uh, it says here, You live in a broken world. A long time ago, a great cataclysm had shattered the world and destroyed grand civilization for your ancestors. Yet little is known about the origins, since history is all but forgotten. Remaining survivors are slowly dying off, and your task is to reach the bottom of a tower that has been buried upside down, for within there lies a mysterious power that can help you save what little remains. What kind of game, and I, don't worry, I'm not going to say anything else about the story of the game, because overall I would say it's a really good game, but it's also pretty story heavy, and I, I don't want to spoil anything for anybody. It originally came out on, I believe, PC back in 2018. It is, uh, I would say, a Western-style um, RPG. Think Baldur's Gate. Think uh, Pillars of Eternity. Think Icewind Dale or Neverwinter Nights. That combat system is a good starting point for you to understand what combat is like in Towers of Time or Tower of Time. And I will say this, 
the combat is what really shines in this game. Um, so it has real-time combat with time manipulation. So basically, if you think of Baldur's Gate, uh, it had real-time combat, and you would you know, tell your wizard to cast this spell and tell your warrior to cast that or uh, to go and do this, right? And then as that real-time combat started to play out, you would see, um, you know, maybe uh, the orc that you were fighting or the goblin or whatever or the kobold would not be doing exactly what you had planned. And so you would hit that space bar and pause the game and, you know, try and, and look at everything again. And that's very similar to how Tower of Time plays, except instead of pausing the combat you slow it down so basically you slow the combat to a crawl all time just kind of slows down and gives you a chance to try and manipulate what's happening in order to uh, win now I will say this I found the combat to be very difficult in my opinion um, there were there were a bunch of times where I thought that I had a solid plan and then the game would throw something at me at the last moment and I'd be like, oh man, I didn't see that coming. How am I supposed to, to get my way out of this? And I would end up getting killed. And that's mostly because I think that says more about me than it does about the game because I'm the kind of player that... I really struggle with these kind of uh, real-time combat games because I've made my decisions and I, I always feel like, well, it's a little too late now. I can't, I can't change what I was going to do. So I, I, I allow myself to, to get <laughs> to, to end up losing because I can't quite figure out what it is that I'm supposed to change. Um, you end up having a four man party and there are, I think there's six or seven different classes that you can choose from. Um, it, it has a really good story and, uh, you know, I, I went over on, uh, time to beat, um, and they said that it, I think the average was around 18 hours over, not time to beat. What's the name of the, <laughs> the, I'm going to look it up right now. Cause I can't remember the name of the website. Uh, Tower of Time, um, and I spelled time wrong, Tower of Time, here we go. Um, yeah, they said the main story can be uh, finished in like 38 hours, and if you want to be a completionist, it's like 50 hours, which to me is daunting. Like, that 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 kind of thing scares me away. I've, I've heard of people that can beat that game much faster than that. I I probably played for about six or seven hours so far and I'm having a lot of fun with it but I don't feel like I've accomplished much at this point that could be because I keep dying uh let's talk about the graphics real quick the graphics for the game I never felt like the graphics uh of the game were particularly uh impressive I feel like the worlds were really impressive but the character models always felt really, really um, simple, low-poly looking. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. That's not a big deal. 
uh, I feel like the more important thing uh, to to be seen in a game like this is the world, and the world feels like it has tons of detail in it, and I really, really like that. Uh, I just wish that the characters looked better, and when you go from the PC to the Switch, I would say that it looks about the same, which I think is pretty impressive for uh, being able to bring that game. I mean, it's a 28 game, 2018 game that came to the Nintendo Switch. It, it does look better, in my opinion, on the PC, but the the, the, the characters, they just look low poly, and it, it really kind of bugs me. Um, and that was enough to kind of push me away from playing it on Switch. I liked it better on PC. I feel like the controls on the Switch were really, really good. Um, it controlled very well. Um, it, it's always tough for a developer to take something that was made with a mouse and keyboard in mind and uh, do that for the Switch. If I were to choose an input method to play this game, I would say mouse and keyboard is vastly superior, but you can do this with the Switch. Um, overall, I think that Tower of Time is, if you like this genre of game, you're going to enjoy it. I think that that it's a really good game, but if it were up to me, I would play it on the PC instead of on the Nintendo Switch. And if you don't have access to a, a PC and you want to still play this game, well, the Switch is, your, is the way to go. Um, so anyway, if you've played Tower of Time, uh, I'm curious what you think about the game. Did you like it? Did you hate it? Um, am, am I way off base with my impressions so far? Uh, let me know. I'm at RunJumpStomp on Twitter. All right, and that is it for today's episode of Nintendo Switchcraft. If you have not already, uh, head on over to the Discord, runjumpstomp.com slash Discord. There's almost 1,500 other people over there in the Discord waiting to talk to you about all kinds of stuff. Again, that URL is runjumpstomp.com slash Discord. The music that you are about to hear is... Corneria Star Fox Remix by Noteblock. I'm out of here. This show is part of the Giant Size Team Up Network. For more information, check us out over at gstu.net.